particular part of the Easter story. Um, we haven't got enough time to go into the depths of it, it will take a lifetime, but um, uh, I want to just look at uh, one part of it, and that's in John 19, and there's three verses there. And this is uh, when Jesus is on the cross, and just at the point of his death, and what, uh, what happens at that point. Okay, so it's, uh, that's it. So John 19, verse 28. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked it in sponge, uh, uh, put the sponge on a stalk uh, of hyssop plant, and uh, lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It's a very short bit of the, the Easter uh, narrative, Easter story, um, but it contains an amazing, amazing statement of Jesus. It is finished. I would argue they are probably the greatest words that were ever spoken. Amen. And uh, I'm going to try and encapsulate something of what that meant. It is finished. When you finish something, there is a great relief, often. Um, if you're uh, a child or, or a teenager, um, and you're going through exams, when you get to the end of them, what a relief it is. It's finished. It's over. Um, even if you, uh, you know, if you're a teacher and you've got to the end of, of a term and you look up, wow, it's finished. I've got a holiday. Uh, or the end of a working day even that's been hard. Ah, it's finished. But of course, in, in reality, it's that it's finished, but a few weeks down the line, it's going to start again. Uh, we rarely get to the point where it's completely finished. If we've finished a, a working day, then the next day is coming. And if you've done an exam, there's probably another one that's going to come in a few months or a, few, a year's time or whatever. This statement of Jesus is absolutely final. He declared, it is finished. And when Jesus used the word finished, it meant finished, ended. There is nothing more to happen on what Jesus came to do. And this is what is amazing about these words. That Jesus was declaring, just as he died, everything is completed. It's all done. But if you think about it, and um, I wonder what the people around, or the that those that were onlookers would have made of that statement. Uh, now, the disciples, what did they make of it when they were hearing? Now, John uh, wrote here, and he's a bit sneaky, old John, because he's writing this after everything has happened. And so he, he's quite clever, and he, he clearly shows that he understands what's going on. So... Um, in, in verse 28 he says that later knowing that all was now completed 
So in hindsight, John understood what Jesus meant. But at the time, and he's not really admitting to this, I don't think he did. In fact, I don't think any of the disciples did. Because when we, when we see them again, before the resurrection, before that they are huddled together in the room for fear of the Jews, they are despondent, they're shocked, they, they don't know what's happened, they don't understand it. And you see, what they could have heard, I, I think what they heard was, I am finished. Or it's over. I think that's probably what they heard. And, and when Jesus said, it is finished, they probably said, it's over. All that we were hoping for, all that we were, were looking for, it's over. Now, of course that's not the truth. And later on they understood. But maybe at the time, that's what they heard. But what about the principalities and powers that were around? The, 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 the powers of this world that were looking on? When they heard those words, it is finished, what did they think? Did they think? It's over. He is finished. Was that their thinking? You see, I, I don't know. I think there's other bits of scripture that, that point to the fact, and we'll look at one of them, that they thought that. There was demons going around. Have we won? Have we? Is he finished? Is that what he just said? And they were looking to, to this event thinking, we've won. He's finished. But of course, it's not what he said. It's not what he said. He said, it is finished. And the other thing which is really, really important for us to know is that he didn't say, I have finished. Because that would leave the idea that actually Jesus has done his bit, now it's our job to do our bit. I've done my bit, now you take over to do your bit. He didn't say, I have finished. He said, it is finished. What was he referring to? Well, I guess most of us here will know that. In John 4, 34, it says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus came to finish the work that God sent him to do, which is to bring salvation. Amen. To bring salvation to you and to me. Amen. To bring peace between God and man. To deal with sin. To take the punishment for your sin and for my sin. That's what he came to do. And that was what was finished at the cross. As I say, to explore what it really means will take a lifetime. But I just want to look at one other verse of scripture that really helps us to see what Jesus meant when he said it is finished. And that is in Colossians chapter 2 and 13 to 15. And there's many other verses we could have looked at, but I wanted to just look at this one. He says there, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us, 
he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What a wonderful verse that is. We were dead, the Bible says. We were dead in sin. We were lost. We were so far away from God. And yet he came and he died in our place. We were guilty of breaking God's law. We were facing justifiable wrath and judgment. And what's more, that verse clearly says, the powers of hell knew it. They were strutting around saying, they're guilty. Another translation, which I like, in verse 14 says, the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. We were (coughs) legally in debt. We had broken God's law. We had justifiably faced the wrath, or were facing the wrath of God. We fell short of the glory of God, it says in Romans. The holy law of God had been broken, and there was a price to pay. And there was a charge, a charge that stood because the law had been broken. And that's what Jesus came to deal with. That's what Jesus came to do. He lived a perfect life, and through his death, the death of the perfect Son of God, he took the punishment that we were due. He had done nothing wrong, and he paid the debt. He took the charge. And because he paid the debt, that charge was cancelled. It was nailed to the cross. So against you and me, the charge was dropped. We were no longer found guilty. We were instead proclaimed innocent of all charges. Colossians 1, 21 and 22 says this. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. You see, that which daily spoke against us, that condemned us, was taken away and nailed to the cross. It was cancelled once for all. And that includes our sin, our guilt, our shame, our indebtedness, our unworthiness. It was finished at the cross. So when Jesus said, it is finished, he was talking about that. He was talking about the stuff that stood against us, the stuff that was all over us. He said, it is finished. And do you know what? We need to repeat those words. When we feel unworthy, when we feel indebted, when we feel guilty, we can repeat the words of Jesus. It is finished. 
He dealt with it on the cross. It is done for all time. But that's not all. As I said earlier, with that charge, that legal indebtedness, was what gave the principalities and powers their authority over us. Through the power of the state to put us in prison is all to do with the law. If we break the law, it has power to punish us and put us in prison. And so, the, if you like, the, the, the powers of this world, the evil forces, were able to say, if you were like, to wave before God this law that had been broken and say, this, this is what they deserve, this is what's coming to them. And, and, and God, you can't stop us doing this because it's your law you wrote the law, they're guilty. But having, Jesus having died in our place, he takes the charge on himself. That charge was fulfilled. The law was fulfilled. And it was nailed to the cross. And the significance of that is that that was then dealt with. The charge was gone. It was taken away. And so the powers and authorities no longer had legal justification to wave anything at us. Their power had been defeated because sin had been paid for. Because unrighteousness was dealt with. And Paul in Romans declares, in in, in Romans 8 verse 4, the righteous requirements of the law were fully met in us. That's an incredible statement. The righteous requirements of the law were fully met in us through Jesus' death. So they could no longer say they deserve it. They no longer had a legal right over us. So it is finished meant the rule and dominion of the powers of hell was broken. They had been disarmed. And the Bible then, or the the passage that talks about making a public spectacle literally means that they were exposed. They were stripped. They were shown for what they were. At the cross, they may have thought they had triumphed, but now they were utterly humiliated in the death of Jesus because all their power, all their boasting, all their strength was taken away. They were utterly humiliated. They were finished. They have no right to condemn. They have no right to keep us locked up. They have no power to do so. They might still say they have. They might still speak lies. But we need to go back to the cross and remember that their power was finished at the cross. Their power over us, their power to to accuse, their power to hold us to account is gone.
Now, because of that, and this, this is an important point, you see, I often wondered, why did Jesus say it is finished at his death and not when he was risen from the, from the grave? Why didn't he come out of the grave and say it is finished? Well, the simple truth there is that it had to be finished at the cross or the resurrection wouldn't have happened. It had to be finished at the cross. See, the cross was his paying the punishment for sin. The death of Jesus paid the price. And that price was paid at his death. And because that price was paid, the power of sin was broken. The power of death relies on sin. That's what the Bible says. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sin was paid for at the cross. The power of sin was broken. Death had no longer any authority. Sin was gone. The only thing that gives death its power is sin. Sin was broken and now the resurrection was inevitable. Because it was finished at the cross. See, when Jesus went to the grave, because he'd paid the price for sin, death had no hold over him. Death could have gone to him and said, look, you're sinning, you're a sinful man, I can hold you. And, he, and death went to Jesus and said, well, actually, I can't. You're not a sinful man, are you? I can't hold you. And so the resurrection is a demonstration that at the cross it was finished. It was all done and dusted. The written code nailed to the cross means that the law no longer has hold over us. It is finished. It couldn't hold Jesus. It cannot hold us. Everything that Jesus did is applied to us. He has won and so do we. We have the victory through Jesus. I want to just briefly say that actually there is so much more that were won uh, through the death of Jesus and is is finished. Because when sin entered the world, sickness entered as well. Death entered, as we've talked about. Disease came. That, again, was broken at the cross. It is finished. The power of sin is gone. Therefore, the power of sickness is also broken. The power of disease is also broken at the cross. And so we, as children of God, need to work into and understand what that means, how that applies to us today. How do we tackle these things? Our battle isn't to get these things to happen, it's to believe what Jesus has already achieved on the cross. The power of of Satan and his demons was broken. The ability to inflict sickness and disease was broken. And we can stand against it in Jesus' name and say to sicknesses and disease, it's finished. You were beaten at the cross. And, and as 
children of God who live in the good of the victory, we can, we can go against these things. Believing that actually it is finished applies to that as well. It's a wonderful truth that we celebrate today, that Jesus rose from the dead because his death for us was victorious, was achieved exactly what he came to do. He brought us salvation and he brought us freedom. He brought us life. I don't want us to go away feeling down. I just want to finish today with some declarations that celebrate what Jesus has achieved. I want us to to go with boldness, believing that when Jesus said it is finished, it applies to everything that was against me and against you, that stands against us in our life. To believe actually that he finished it at the cross, and therefore we can go with boldness and confidence into everything that stands against us. So I want us to do that. So can we stand together? And um, I want us to declare this truth over a number of statements that I want to read out. I want us to declare, I want to say, I'm going to say a few things. I want us to declare with faith and with triumphantness. It's not really a word, but it'll do. Triumphantly, it is finished. Yeah? Can we do that? So after three, I want to see whether we can say it is finished with great assurance. Okay, so after three. One, two, three. It It is finished. Brilliant. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to read a few things out. At the cross, my guilt. It is finished. Okay. At the cross, my shame. It is finished. At the cross, my unworthiness. It is finished. At the cross, the power of sin over me. It is finished. The power of disease. It is finished. The power of sickness. It is finished. The power of death. It is finished. Do that once more. The power of death it is finished. Yeah, that's wonderful. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you won such an amazing victory at the cross. That, Lord, there you said it is finished. And you meant it, and you had achieved it, and you've done it for all time. Lord, there was nothing for us to do. You've done it all. There was nothing for us to do, God, that you defeated death, you defeated sin, you defeated the powers and authorities, and Lord, you rose again to demonstrate that what you did on the cross was uh, complete and final. And Lord, we live now in your resurrection power, Lord, and we want to stand today against anything that pretends that it still has power. We want to stand against anything that, that would put itself up to say, well, I'm not defeated. God, we want to believe uh, that you have won an amazing victory. That when you said it is finished, it was truly finished. And God, we want to live as bold people 
bold children of God that know we are righteous, we are holy, we are blameless, and we have authority. We have authority over sickness and diseases because you said it is finished. And we will apply that truth to our lives daily, Lord Jesus, because of the wonderful thing you've achieved for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for all you've done for us at the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.